Welcome back, Intimates. Thanks for all of your support on Patreon making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate. Relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, just general sex. I talk with old friends. I even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my hosts, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory where I was born and currently live. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Who do you think of when you hear the word orgy? What kind of person do you usually expect gets fucked at an orgy? Well, in my experience, it's anyone from all walks of life. In a sense, orgies take all comers. What I will say is I've met lawyers to counselors to carpenters and everything else in between. Not that people are defined by their careers, but I think we tend to we tend to type people by careers. And I just want to sort of dispel the myth that only certain types of people go to orgies. There's also this myth that people at orgies have STIs or that they're fundamentally unsafe gatherings. And while they are higher risk gatherings in some respects, I mean, you're having sex with more people if you're participating at all. Some just come to watch. Um, but I've lost my place, so I will simply say Bronwyn is just such a friend that I, who I met at, at an orgy. I'm pretty sure I gave her a blowjob at the second party I saw her at, um, by which I mean with a strap-on, no regrets. Um, but yeah, let's just go straight to the session with Bronwyn. Here's a great session from a person who does a professional job and goes to orgies to get fucked and fisted here on Intimate Interactions. It's like, I don't like thinking about genitals. Like, I'm not a genital-focused person until I'm, like, in a sex act with someone. But I'm not like, ooh, genitals. Ha 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 For folks listening, this is my friend Bronwyn. And Bronwyn is a counselor. And we are going to talk about masturbation and gender. Because that is something, as human beings who experience both of those things, we know about. <laughs> So you were saying very unexpectedly to me, because um, it, it's okay if I mention group sex situations, right? Yeah, yeah go for okay, it. Okay, well, we won't go into them in detail in this episode. We'll save that for a different one. But I've, I've, we've been in group sex scenarios together, so I was not expecting you to have such a general... I, I don't want to say distaste, but just like <laughs> lack of interest for genitals in your like resting state. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do have a general lack of interest or even gross out. I guess I feel like when I'm not in a sexual place internally or with other people mm-hmm. and I think about genitals, I just, I feel like a kid or something. I'm just like, ew, gross. They just, I like, I'm very interested and turned on by bodies and by sexual tension and I don't find genitals gross when I'm engaging with them right. sexually, but it's like some line gets crossed in my brain and body. Right. Like you have to reach that point of arousal where suddenly genitals are a turn on. Yeah. Like they're otherwise they're like body or scientific and, and maybe I have mm-hmm. some issues with genitals. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. 
so for me, I am just like totally indifferent if I'm not aroused or somewhat indifferent if I'm not aroused. Mm -hmm. There's something that I really gravitate towards in intimacy. Um, hence why I started a podcast called Intimate Interactions. <laughs> um, but I just, I gravitate towards intimacy and there's something about, mm. I would say even nudity, not just genitals, but even just nudity in general, that it conveys like a vulnerability, I guess, mm. with sort of the culture I was raised in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, does that, are you saying that the vulnerability part comes into your like indifference towards genitals. I think the vulnerability brings more of a positive spin to what would otherwise be indifference. Okay. Interesting. Right. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. And I definitely have a relationship towards nudity as like vulnerability that feels like mm. exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, like I remember like first, uh, in Indonesia and seeing women be naked in like change rooms in ways that I think like, never saw here. And I was like, Oh, like, we don't have to be nervous or self-conscious. Right. And then it was like an explosion happened to me and I felt so free to like run about and move around and, be naked. um, yeah. And then I had a similar experience in a Korean spa in the States, uh, with a bunch of women. I was like, Whoa, like it was like neural connections were happening and I'm like, we need more of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like freedom, <laughs> like freedom, like mm -hmm. not, not being held accountable for what other people do to our bodies mm, or how they think about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So talking more about thinking about bodies. Yeah, I think for me, when I'm really not turned on, if someone else is really turned on, they can literally be like wet and grinding my leg. And I'm like, cool. Like, I'm happy that you're enjoying yourself. I have, I have actually noticed that about you. I'm like, what's happening right here? <laughs> it is sort of like sometimes when I'm not in a sexual space, a woman will like attempt to, or, you know, pretty much anyone, possibly a man, although I haven't had a lot of experience with men attempting to initiate sex with me. Mm -hmm. um, but a woman will typically attempt to initiate sex with me and I'll sort of be like, you get a gold star. Look at you practicing your like autonomy and like sexual desire and sex positivity. And it's like, kiss them on the forehead, put gold star on the nose. And they're like, what? Do you not feel impacted by their desire for you? Like I feel really turned on when people want me. I'm more turned on by suggestion and teasing than I am by someone throwing themselves at me. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what? I just say that because I, I am, like, not a teaser. I'm like, hello, I'm Bernie. Do you? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, I actually you've really like witnessed me do. <laughs> yes, I have definitely witnessed you do that. Fortunately, at sex parties, I'm usually in a very sexual space already. OK, interesting. Yeah. And for me, it's like if I have the desire, like if if I've been not getting off for a while or I haven't been getting the kind of sex that I really enjoy getting, um, 
you know, regardless which sex act that happens to be, there are a couple. I have more than one to mention, Bronwyn. <laughs> Do you? I Show have me. like one and a half dimensions. <laughs> gotcha. It's like butt stuff and cunnilingus, but cunnilingus is like the half dimension. Uh, I mean, and fisting. That's true. That's, That's three, true. almost two and a half. So the song Umbrella is ruined for me now because every time I hear the beat, all I can think of is like fisting my friend, Bronwyn, 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 <laughs> a, a, a. And I just literally like think about that, except with your actual name in for where Bronwyn was. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> but like literally like that's what that song is for me now is thinking about fisting you. So Ooh, wait. when, when did this happen this moment or previously? Um, no, this happened previously. Oh, that's funny. Oh my God. I can't believe you didn't tell me till now. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely haven't. Uh, I've been meaning to tell you for like the last like two or three times that we get talking, but yeah. I don't know whether it's ADHD or just how much more excited I am to talk about other stuff. It's like uh. the second you and fisting enter my mind, I'm like, Hey, Bronwyn, let's talk about <laughs> fisting. Um, oh my god it's so hard not to talk about the sex party shit um, it's so hard not to talk about the sex party stuff because it's so much fun um but yeah. also masturbation also masturbation and arousal yeah. and gender and all that lovely stuff you <laughs> were okay so i can i can i do a tie-in so yes. you were a piece of where sex was really shifting and changing for me like not even sex with me Aww. but watching you have sex with other people uh, which was you know, around the beginning of the time that like masturbation started changing for me. Fascinating. Wow. Tell me more. Okay. <clears throat> um, do you want to hear about how you tied in? Yeah, I'd love to. Who doesn't okay. like having their ego stoked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, as you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, I was at a couple sex parties, different ones, watching you uh, fist these women or finger them really intensely for like really long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And I like had moments of like, it's almost sensory overload of like seeing the intensity of the force and then listening to them feel good or have orgasms or be in mm -hmm. pleasure mm -hmm. and I was really physically close to you once like I was sitting on a couch while you and I remember <laughs> that and I was like I felt all of the energy of it and I was like holy shit what's like what is <laughs> happening here and like just the focus and like you I think you were clothed or semi-clothed and and um I'm pretty that... sure I still had my pants and boxers on I was just topless yeah like, I had heard um, people talk about, like, just giving and not receiving, like, physically at least. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't seen someone do that and seem also so present in it and not, you know, waiting for the next thing. And you also really like focused attention, so I can see why that would have piqued yeah. your interest. <laughs> yeah, and then around the same time I had a... A sexual relationship uh, with someone that was only fisting me. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> and that was really wild, too. Um, um, he's genderqueer, but I think still uses he. Um, and uh, I... Uh, uh, sorry. That's okay. 
he uh i just couldn't believe how like happy he was and just like it was i like i wasn't often allowed to like touch his penis because that was like really upsetting for him probably yeah 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 and um like just squirting all over which i've done to myself before that but i had never had someone Mm -hmm. do that to me i was like oh this is interesting yeah um and so just like it was like sex got deconstructed a bit in a way that it hadn't been deconstructed even with like sex with women previously so Um, interesting yeah it was really interesting i also think there's something now i want to be really careful not to um uh, make, uh, there's a word for this and you'll know it, but like make people a group into like a dream or whatever to like fetishize or yes, exactly, or like exactly. But there's like something that trans and gender people have that I don't understand. And like when I'm close to it, it's affecting. Mm, that's a really interesting Thank you for the way that you teased apart those nuances and made it really clear you weren't fetishizing folks, you know, like myself, non-binary folks as Mm -hmm. well, Um, but Mm -hmm. rather that... So I was actually going to bring up a similar but different point, um, which was this idea that usually when people talk about sex deconstructed, they're talking about queer sex. And Mm -hmm. when you mentioned that this deconstructed sex for you further than you ever had in your relationships with, with other women... Um, all I could think was like, right, like there's a whole other level of deconstruction when suddenly it isn't just about orientation. Now it's about like, what the fuck even is gender? Yeah. And it's not like when, when I'm engaging, well, okay. People do sex differently. So like Mm -hmm. you and this other person I'm talking about very, let's talk through it. What do and don't you want to do? Let's geek out about sex. Mm -hmm. And and then I've also engaged with, um, had sex with a trans person who didn't, we didn't have any of that kind of conversation. We had some dates and then just had this like really mind blowing sex that mm-hmm. blew my mind <laughs> and was so symbiotic and just flowing. Um, but both of those, all of those experiences, um, it felt like it felt freeing and mm-hmm. uh, in, in different ways, but um, it was really interesting to feel so pleasure focused. Interesting. Like, and not that like I hadn't had lots of sex that was focused on pleasure. I don't know how to, I really don't know really how to articulate what happened to me. But... Do you mean like satisfaction focused? I don't even know if I mean that. Like, do you mean satisfaction? Like, oh, I feel good about it afterwards? Or, like, I had orgasms? Hmm. I mean more a sense of, like, attunement between the two individuals and then a sense of feeling like you're doing the thing you both really want to be doing, whether that's pleasurable or orgasmic or not. Yeah, definitely a focus on that, for sure. For sure. Right. And Sorry, go ahead. And, like, just getting out of uh, my head about what sex is about, like, less performative, less you do this mm-hmm. and this and this, less, like... And so I think, yeah, maybe that makes you more present because there's... 
and this is not some new thought. Like people have talked a long time about how queer sex leads to more present sex because there isn't a, the same script going on mm. that's been like burned into our memories. I agree. But it still really impacted me. <laughs> Well, and again, I want to highlight the absence of a script being now you're with someone who doesn't necessarily identify as a cis woman or a cis man, and that that changes the script again, and that there's even less of a script, I think, about how, you know, trans and non-binary folks have sex and, like, what sex looks like when it's decoupled from genitals, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Not that it necessarily is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily is, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know, just something really freed me out of that loop of mine of this is what you do now this is what you do and also you know that idea of things trying to look good during sex which you know mm. I never and I, I didn't think I ever struggled with like I never I don't change my orgasm face and <laughs> I'm happy to move around a lot of positions but I think there was still some posturing in that and something changed for me there as well in those three experiences mm -hmm. do you want to know what was going on for me when i was finger blasting that lovely human yeah tell me so i think there's something very interesting about stimulating someone else when you're not being stimulated mm -hmm. there's a sense of there's a sense of exchange but there's also a sense of service and there's also a sense of power and to some limited mm. extent control. Ooh, fuck yes. So being clothed or having someone clothed strip you naked and please you in front of a room full of people, <laughs> there is there is something incredibly filthy and wonderful about that. There is something you know, you could say a person with clothes on, right? Because power is really what we assign it. And yeah, yeah acts hold the power that we all agree they do. So if, for example, I really, 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 really liked, you know, getting off, or I really, really, really liked genital stimulation, even if I didn't get off, then mm. it might be like a hugely submissive thing for me to keep my clothes on. And I'm saying this as mm. much for the audience as for any, anyone, because obviously I know you know this. Mm. Um, but uh, because for me, it was like, I don't have any specific desire for that right now. Mm. Or this is a person who doesn't want to do, you know, butt sex. So mm. it's like cunnilingus and manual sex. Or I'm mm -hmm. just, otherwise I'm like, cool, enjoy a night. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. um, so there's this, there's this element of power where a person is like, I want you to be in control of that. I want you to have control of my pleasure. Um, and then they get, mm -hmm. you know, they undress themselves or get stripped down or however you, you know, frame what's going on. Maybe it has an edge of like a kink scene or maybe it's totally vanilla um, not that you can really make queer sex totally vanilla, but I just mean not especially kinky, but even vanilla sex has so many different power themes associated with it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh God. Yeah. And then there's also all of the other come along things with sex. Like you get to have sex without actually having to have sex. If your body doesn't feel like it wants to personally get off, but you still get to be a part of someone's sexual energy. You still get to give to someone else. You still get to bring that's... them to orgasm. It just, it gives you, and that's assuming they're orgasmic. And like, there's a lot of assumptions in what I just said and generalizations, but, sure. but the point being, you get to have all of the other peripheral benefits of sex, like intimacy, like cuddling afterwards, like making out, making out can be great. Hmm. Yeah. 
So you I mean, making out can be great. I think I'm, I feel like disconnected from it at this point in my life. Really? Yeah, I think I've been so sex focused for like eight years. And um, hmm. not that I haven't kissed anyone, good God. <laughs> and like I daydream about being like just like felt up while I am kissing someone. But mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason, there was like a lot of sex focus. And like what you just described is really foreign to me, like wanting to right. give and not wanting to receive. <laughs> I'm well, like, what? What? But there, but so there's, <laughs> there's two pieces there. One of them is that service is also a sense of self-satisfaction for a lot of people. People mm-hmm. who are service-minded may get a lot of sense that all is right in the world when they're doing service. Yeah. So even if they're not feeling like it's specifically stoking their ego that they're getting someone off or that they're specifically mm-hmm. getting status in the community covertly, right? Because right. no one's really watching them, but everyone I knows I mean, you were getting were... status with me. Aww. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? How long can she keep going? How long can he keep going? (laughs) I once got a woman off in an orgy tent and she got a round of clapping, like a a kneeling ovation because everyone was like on the ground. It was an orgy tent. Jesus. But people like literally like gave us a round of applause. In fairness, it was her fifth. And the nice thing was we really forgot everyone was there and we were um, so laser focused on each other oh, and like cool. we were careful not to take up too much space, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know how theatrical like manual sex can be if you're going really hard and someone's yeah. a really intense orgasmer, you know, you might, if you keep going long enough, get a round of applause. It's not necessarily something you want to aim for not that it's like a choir where you don't want to get noticed at all but <laughs> there's something to be said for like the good etiquette of an orgy tent but maybe <laughs> maybe i've got it backwards and all the people clapping were just really happy to have that energy in their space hard to mm. say well like both times that i watched you with different people like just watching like backs arch and just this eye rolling back and just intense just intense sensation. And, um, one of my favorite experiences when I'm being like intensely fingered is to like push my like pelvis down Mm -hmm. with my hand and feel their finger inside of me. (laughs) Oh, that's, that's awesome. It's so awesome. And so easy when you're, um, for me, when you're, when someone is like really Mm -hmm. intensely fingering me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it also puts a hard backing on like the sort of um, I guess that would be the would that be the anterior face? I think that's the anterior face of your body, but on the front of your body, (laughs) if you don't have something hard pressing against it, then the tissue compresses and you get a lot more force on the G spot. Whereas if you wait, vice versa, I think I got that backwards. If you have something pressing right against the front of your body then the tissue compresses so you get a lot more milking of the urethral sponge you get a lot more pressure on the g-spot yeah it feels more intense it's like definitely whereas if you don't have something there oh i was just gonna say then you 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 get a lot more of that elastic action where you get more of a gentle Mm -hmm. stimulation so there there's a time and a place for both of those things Hmm. sorry go on yeah interesting um i also love I, I don't know if I've done it with a partner, but I love masturbating while I have a full bladder. Mm-hmm. 
or having sex while I have a full bladder because everything just feels like more swollen and more highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people just like drinking like two liters of water so that even after they've peed, there's like a lot of liquid trying to get into their tissues. So it's not, it's not just the liquid coming into their bladder, but it's like all of their tissues are just more hydrated. So the urethral sponge tends to be easier to prime. You get more squirting, things like that. Oh, interesting. That's just what I've heard. I've, (laughs) I don't, I don't have the same kind of organs. So yeah, everything I'm saying, you know, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because it's, you know, some, (laughs) some person who primarily just shoves fingers into other people's bodies and is like, this kind of worked, I guess. (laughs) This looks like it's going well. She's, she seems to be enjoying herself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think we've kind of landed on that, that second thing that I really get out of service is the idea of, of creating something like artistic and beautiful. Mm. It's, it's kind of like a photographer working with a model in a sense, Mm -hmm. except it's a lot more intense and there's a lot more trust. And typically it's somebody, you know, fairly well, (laughs) if you're going to be putting, you know, part of your body into their body. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's that idea of, like you said, arched backs, curves moving, the mm. pheromones in people's sweat. And oh, fuck yeah. Just like that slightly wet feeling of like damp skin on damp skin kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Not to mention mm-hmm. if someone's squirting, it doesn't just get everywhere. It like aerosolizes and you can like... Like, the whole room feels humid when humans are all fucking. Like, there's just so much more sweat evaporating. (laughs) Okay, but that felt hot for a minute there, and then I was like, oh, all of the sweat in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is why we have showers. Yeah, absolutely. I've, like, as I've, like, been moving away from having kind of any sex... Um, Mm -hmm. and, and getting more particular, um, I, uh, I need to want to smell someone's armpit. Say that again. Like I want, you need need to to want want to smell smell their armpit. armpit. Like I need to like their scent enough that I want to like stick it in there. Mm -hmm. And I love licking people's armpits. So I need to like be on board with a person's like stench. Smell. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's a reproductive reason behind that evolutionarily. Oh, really? Yeah. Your um, major histocompatibility complices, they're like uh, proteins that present antigens and they, they show up on the surface of, I think all of your cells and they interact with your immune system. So they're like your immune system's way of like checking stuff over and they're they also show up i'm pretty sure they show up in all of your immune cells i might be getting this backwards because they're mhc ones and twos and they're one of them's on your cd4 cells one of them's on your cd8 cells it gets complicated but this is the problem with university that happened more than 10 years ago i remember some most of it but not quite all of it mm-hmm. but the tldr <laughs> is there is a way of what does tldr mean the too long didn't read Ah, I see this on the internet and I'm like, what is this? Okay. It is, it is all of the children of the day being like, you just gave me a wall of text and fuck you. <laughs> like I have no interest in reading it. <laughs> oh so people God. would literally post like too long, didn't read. And then, so people would 
write these walls of text inadvertently and then throw down like TLDR and then like summarize their whole post in two sentences. Oh, that is an interesting cultural shift. Yeah. So that if people were like, those two sentences make sense, they're not going to read your essay. But if they're like, those two sentences right. don't make sense, they might go and like check part of what you wrote. Right. That's interesting. Hmm. It is doing what the internet does best, which is creating metadata to help people digest data. Hmm. I like that yeah. idea. It's less sad than the thoughts I was having. <laughs> What was I even saying a TLDR about again? I don't know. Oh, about the hormone thing or the right. something about, yeah. So basically what happens is your pheromones have this ability to represent how complicated your MHCs are because mm -hmm. basically they can only present a certain range of antigens. Mm -hmm. So antigens being like... Um, shapes basically shapes that you tend to find on things that are trying to hurt you or infect your body mm -hmm. so basically you have to be able to so i'm going to use the word randomly even though that's the wrong word because it's the word that'll make the most sense to people listening you basically have to randomly generate a whole bunch of different things that your immune system needs to be able to recognize and you don't know what next year's pandemic is going to look like your body has no idea but it has to be ready for anything so it basically like produces through like combinatorial so i'm trying to keep this as simple as possible basically you produce every shape your body thinks it might possibly need and mm -hmm. every body has a different range of what those possible shapes are okay. so you need to communicate with your potential mate what your range of shapes is and if your range of shapes is too similar to their range of shapes you're going to smell pretty nasty to them Oh. It is one of the ways we check to make sure it's an it's an incest prevention mechanism in teenagers, but it's oh, which is why people's teenagers smell freaking disgusting, even though their partners are like, no, that person smells cute. Um, oh but, my lord! But also, it lets you identify whether mates are like pretty good or like really good, and like people tend to know this from like smelling other people's like bodily odors they're just like oh does this stink or is this appealing and like a lot hmm. of that is apparently just like determined on a molecular level in terms of like what is the range of shapes this person's immune system can recognize that is so fascinating and also i was freaking out because i was like this is why i feel like immediately unattracted to people who look like anything like myself or my siblings. Do you say like, immediately attracted what? or unattracted? Unattracted. Definitely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that exists. <laughs> I have an aunt who married her twin. <laughs> what? Not her actual twin. Just they look exactly alike. Thank like, you. Oh. Okay. I was like, isn't that illegal like i hope they're using protection or illegal. we're not able to produce viable offspring but fair <laughs> enough i mean they're women <laughs> fair enough yeah in which case incest away sure <laughs> um yeah so when we were talking about the scent thing and um right people and then we got smelling really good yeah yes. I, the, one of the bizarre experiences I've had, not bizarre, but like rejection on different levels is where oh, yeah. I smelled someone and was like, oh my God. And then he smelled me and was not like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that 
relationship has like landed in it was sexual for a long time but it has landed in friendship and i could like absolutely see him being a partner person and i'm like oh good lord okay here we go <laughs> so you've been experiencing some rejection i mean lots of rejection throughout well life. fair enough I'll tell you what, why don't we save rejection for the group sex um, okay, discussion? Okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll talk about rejection later. I, like, I actually really like talking about rejection. Amazing. It's going to be a good As session. Anyways. So, so masturbation. Yeah. So then I, I, um, like I had always masturbated somewhat, but I also been partnered for ever. And then the mm. last few years, the last three years, I think now I've been single. And so there has not been consistent, reliable sex with another body. Mm -hmm. And so I just ended up um, having a lot more sex with myself and like learning what my sex drive was like when I wasn't around other people and how long I wanted to have sex for and what kind of sex I wanted to have. And it just like slowly started to shift and change. And I've always been someone who, when I have sex with myself, it's for a long time. Like I find orgasms to be kind of addicting. Like it's difficult to stop, especially <sighs> when there's no partner there who's like, I'm bored. Let's go do something else. So, right. <laughs> um, like, and, and most of the time that's fun, but every once in a while I, I do get like, oh my God, I'm almost late. I have to go. Like I've been late <laughs> yeah. to work because of, not to my current job, but to <laughs> I will like, I will, I know now that I know that about me, I will like purposely not masturbate even if I want to sometimes. Cause I'm like, you won't be able to stop before that um, right. has to happen. And you don't want to like abandon someone who's like grieving something really intense yeah, because you're off spanking it. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and hello, my whatever, my prefrontal cortex comes live real hard there, and the consequences of that would be large, and so I don't don't, don't struggle with that one so much. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's um, good that you don't struggle with it. Yeah. No, it's largely fine. <laughs> but I definitely get that, um, that feeling sometimes where – sometimes I've had the experience where I'm like, I want to stop, and I feel like I can't. Which is, That's – Interesting. Isn't that compulsive at that point? Yeah. And I think that's what, that's when something starts to feel bad is when I'm disconnected from like my authentic self or whatever, something's mm -hmm. pulling me away from what feels right. But, um, most of the time it's more like a, a happy go lucky use of that word. Happy <laughs> it's more go just lucky. Like, um, it's more just about, it's just fun, 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 fun. More like happy God lucky. God lucky? G-O-T. G-O-T? Oh, happy God lucky. Okay. Yes. I thought you were doing more acronyms, and I'm like, I don't know them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. do you have anything else to add to the masturbation conversation? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I feel like Ooh. what changed, other stuff started changing over the years, like, um, I started noticing, and this was a while back, but I started noticing I'd, I'd start to masturbate, you know, sometimes when I felt sexual, but sometimes when I just mm -hmm. felt happy mm -hmm. 
and and when I would masturbate, when I felt happy, it was it's like I would think about the sky and the sun and smiles and my connection to friends and like not friends I want to have sex with and like mm-hmm. have these beautiful orgasms that felt like sunshine is like blasting out of my vagina. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, that has been really interesting to explore. Just kind of. Mm-hmm. not non-sexual orgasms. I don't even know what goes on when that happens. It's just like pure joy. Mm. Have you had experience with that? Of pure joy and masturbating to positive like images happy. and feeling yeah. good. Yeah. I don't know that I have. Yeah, it's been really... I think, I think anytime... I mean, maybe, but... Typically, my masturbation is really relational, so Mm. it'll be focused on either images of people experiencing pleasure, and then it's all just, like, empathy, compersion, like, all that, Mm. that kind of, um, what's it called? Empathic joy, but it's, like, empathic sexual joy. Okay, (laughs) gotcha, gotcha. I I see someone who's really enjoying what they're doing, and I'm like, oh, that's really hot, and then I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm stimulating myself, I tend, I find that I, like my like orgasm meter for lack of a better word, like charges up pretty quickly when I'm watching other people having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but hmm. interestingly it is like specific thoughts about, Hmm. Well, like I, I would say, I don't want to say the usual ones cause I feel like that's way too normative, but like, and it's also only a small chunk of my experience. But I, I sort of do enjoy like watching pornography or reading erotica, mm-hmm. like ones that I've heard lots of friends say are pretty common. But then more in line with what you were saying, sometimes when I think about like a partner who I really trust, who I really care about, and I'm just so happy that, yeah. you know, we're in relationship with each other and that yeah. I get to experience them in my life and mm. um, currently feeling a lot of these feels from my current partner. So I'm like... Oh. It's really beautiful and makes me really happy. Yeah, it's just like a different energy to bring to just Completely. like I think what I've been experiencing is like, you know, you like have different kinds of sex when you're in a relationship with someone over mm-hmm. any longish period of time. It's kind of like I started having different kinds of sex with myself. Yeah. Like you have a long term relationship with yourself now. Yeah. And I wasn't, my sex, my sexual self wasn't focused on someone else or even I would say distracted by as I can get Mm -hmm. someone Mm -hmm. else. Um, and it was more sunk in and explorative. Like I, I also started recently kind of topping myself while masturbating. Say more about topping yourself while masturbating. Mm. I mean, it's new. I feel, I feel nervous. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's, it does. It feels like I'm learning something new, but like just giving, um, you okay over there? I heard a crash. I definitely bumped into my microphone while trying to take my (laughs) shirt off. (laughs) And I'm doing Uh, that because it is very warm over here. Not because I am masturbating. Gotcha. (laughs) T-shirt off to masturbate. (laughs) Although I do that. Um, like giving pain 
and instructions, like really basic, basic stuff that, you mm-hmm. know, is kind of, uh, what a lot of people do in, in kink stuff. But, um, it, it's interesting cause when I'm doing the giving, giving pain, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do scratching a lot of the time I and I'll like choose scratching. a part of my, part of me. I said, I know you like scratching. <laughs> I like scratching that leaves some really nice lasting marks, but I'll mm-hmm. choose a part of my body that's far away from like where I want to end up because I okay. want myself to come by the time I get there. <laughs> get cool. Um, yeah, fuck. It's that's been hot. really, yeah, it's been really interesting. And like, like lying on the floor while I do that like feels like a power dynamic with myself too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's been intriguing. I'm I'm sure that one's going to evolve a lot more because it's so new. Um, I'm super excited. Really getting, yeah, me too. I don't know. I just feel more into sex with myself too. It doesn't feel like a thing to get out of the way or even Mm -hmm. just a porn thing like it used to Mm -hmm. like, you know, almost porn feels like stimming in a way. I'm like, intensity, intensity, intensity. Yeah. Um, And, and there's such a, there's such a race to the most intense. So it's like, as you're looking at porn, it's like, Oh, but I could also be looking at more intense porn or more intense or more intense. Yeah. And I, okay. You know, that feeling people talk about, I've felt this when I've like done a drug is like, Oh my God, the high starts to hit. And you're like, I want more. Cause I'm scared of this feeling going away. Like, give me more, give me more. I get I mean, like I don't no. tend to experience that with pornography, but I hear what you're saying. Go on. I, I'll experience that not about the porn, but mm-hmm. about the sensation it makes me feel in my body. Like it's such an intense state of arousal that I'm like, I don't want this to go away. But sometimes if mm-hmm. I wait to come too long, that I lose that intense intensity and it's like this weird I'm like chasing pleasure like if I'm afraid of back. <laughs> And I'll literally like do mindfulness with myself. Well, as we know, be like, there's always more. You're always gonna feel more of these sensations. That is spoken like a counselor while I'm masturbating. <laughs> I therapize myself yeah. and do mindfulness exercises because oh there's always God. more. It's gonna be. It's gonna be okay. I have the tools to cope with this. Oh my good God! Hey, so funny. I mean, I'm getting horny now. Like I'll probably masturbate after this because so funny because like thinking about genitals in that outside context but like talking about sex really turns me on quickly mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I hear that yeah um i've discovered not recently but semi-recently audio sex like the people on tumblr have some shit going on over there that's cool. really good <laughs> audio sex erotica i like when someone's really into like when i'm having like porn sex with myself mm-hmm. i like when someone is like really into something really specific and like doing it over and over and over again like not a whole series of sex acts but just something but, like one thing that they small. really get gratified on yeah and like weird repetition <laughs> there's there's something about repetition that speaks to like a feeling of desperation i think and it's that desperation that i key to oh my god yes you're 100 percent right it's i feel them feeling desperate and it's way more arousing than just like the porn you might stumble on because you feel them wanting what they're doing so how did you like it intimates 
Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash intimate victor or tweet at me at intimate victor or follow my Instagram at guess what intimate victor. Pretty easy, right? If you can spare the cost of coffee to help keep the show going, head to patreon.com forward slash victor salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours to enjoy. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes. The opening music is Gymnopédie Number no. 1 by Eric Satie, and this closing music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords and played by an AI saxophonist. Both are provided royalty-free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time, and may all of your most important relationships be filled with intimate interactions. Be well.